0: Our friends, welcome back to Nick and Dan's Bible study podcast. We are excited to be with you here today and uh, we're talking about a a topic of discussion that's gotten a lot of interest here recently Nick and you and I have been chatting about it but it relates to a Facebook post that you recently uh, had right?
1: Yeah. Like I, it, it's so funny. We all experience this. Like we post something on Facebook that we think is going to be like, we're so proud of it. It's so awesome. And you can't wait to see the responses and there's nothing but crickets. There's like literally no response whatsoever. So this morning I'm, I'm going in the book of Jeremiah and I'm going through it and I'm like, well, I have a couple of questions. I'm curious to get some perspectives on. And I put this thing up thinking everybody's going to ignore it. It's been blowing up all day. Like it, it just, it, it's been blowing up for probably eight, 10 hours. So, you know, yeah, obviously this is a topic that, uh, maybe I underestimated in, in terms of people having opinion on it,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about prophets. And of course, we all know that the Old Testament is uh, full of books that are named after prophets. We know pr- uh, prophets were an important part of the Old Testament story. We know that a uh, prophet is something that comes up into the New Testament. But we kind of, when we think about it today, Nick, in the life of the church, right? We really sometimes don't quite know what to think. Mm. or quite what to do right about yeah. this uh, about the idea t- today you know is there is is god still gifting people to be prophets today and, and and if so what does that look like uh and if he is and we're not paying attention you know what are we missing
1: yeah and i think i think a lot of just lo- reading that thread a lot of people come with different understandings of what a prophet is and and so i think yes. it I think it gets back to that whole capital P, small p, capital A for apostle, small a. Uh, yeah, you know, like people people think that uh, when we start saying, "Hey, we're you know, I'm I'm gifted as an apostle." No, the apostles were just the people that walked with Okay, let's talk about that. And I think we have to do the same thing with prophet. Um,
0: yeah, exactly. Good. Good. You know, point.
1: some some people, you know, again, and you hear the stories of people saying, "You know, I got a unique word from God, and I'm going to share it with you." That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, you know, that's not what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's important because we talk about sometimes either and, and like you said we should probably talk about um, apostles at some point too. We're not going to do that today, but how we think about Nick, like, honestly, how we think about this conversation probably is going to also relate to how we think about that. You know, but we're going to kind of set that. <laughs> we're going to set the apostle thing aside for today. We're talking about prophets. And, and and another thing that you know I do want to kind of clarify today is that we tend to when we talk about prophets, even in the Old Testament sense, we really tend to focus on one aspect of what the prophets did that I want to suggest wasn't the major part uh, or the core part of the function in the ministry of the prophet in the Old Testament. and and that's the idea of uh, telling the future, right? Even when we mm-hmm. talk about like Bible prophecy, we talk about what's going to happen in the future. right? Um, And and that's, of course, a big part of, of, you know, of the Bible. The Bible does say things about what's going to happen in the future. But I think when we look at the majority of what the prophets are doing, that future aspect is really only uh, consequential to the message that they have for the people in that moment. You know, not always, but most of the time, um, the reason that, God gifts the prophet. And and now here we're talking primarily in the old Testament is to give people a message that they can hear and heed right then and there. Right. Right. And I think
1: it, it, it tends to be, you know, scripture obviously points out the prophets of old certainly were the ones who came in with God's voice saying, this is where you've parted ways with what scripture defines. You know, this is take a look, repent from your sins kind of thing. Um, and that's, I think what we're talking about when we talk about the, pro- the prophetic voice in the modern society is like, where has the church parted company with scripture? Where have we, where has our culture overtaken us to the point where how we conduct church Looks nothing like what Jesus called us to do, and that's where maybe a prophetic voice would speak into that and say, "Hey, you know, this isn't aligning with Scripture."
0: Yeah, and and Nick, and and the in the in Old Testament Israel, that happened for them too. They got so used to doing what they did in a particular way that it just felt normal to them. Mm, right. And so when a when a prophet came along, um, you know, it felt so normal to them because it was normal. And you talk about the culture around us shaping what we do it was so normal for people in Old Testament Israel to to feel that they could worship Yahweh and also have these other gods right these idols along with their too everybody does that they have you know every culture had their kind of main God but then they also had other gods too and they would they would give you know some level of respect to them uh, and God made it very very clear that that's not how his people were to roll. Uh, and yet they did. And when the prophets came along and said, You're not doing uh what God has told you to do, <laughs> they, you know, interestingly had this kind of response like, like, what? What do you what do you mean? <laughs> right. Um, and the important thing is that I'll just kind of say this, you know, early on because one of the concerns comes up when we talk about prophets sometimes is is people think about kind of a special word from the Lord that We don't kind of know how to process or how to analyze or how to weigh out. And and I don't think that, again, for the most part, that's the case. I think the prophetic word, much like what all all the different giftings have, always points back to the foundation that God has spoken and that we can all see that, Mm -hmm. right? When God's word, right, that's our foundation, the the word of God. Uh, And so... As, uh, as we think about what, what prophets said in the Old Testament, but also as we move into the New Testament and talk about what prophets did, we, it's, it's, beyond, it's beyond dispute that there, there were prophets in the church in the first century. The question becomes for us today that people have asked and wrestled with is, did it end after that time? And, and a right. lot of people have said it, it had. Once we moved past that, once we had the Bible complete, um, you know, profits were, were no longer necessary. And so I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit there, but I, I did, I did kind of want to just lay out some of the dynamics, right. That we're working with some of the questions, some of the perspectives that people have. And when we have this conversation, the way that your, uh, your Facebook posted just recently here, all of those questions and issues that I just mentioned, all cut, came into play from different people.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I want to, I want to take off on what you said. Um, and, you know, w- when you, when you um, share one of the perspectives we'll get into today, and that is, are, is there still a role for prophets? Do prophets still exist today? You know, one of the, one of the things that, that struck me as I was reading through Jeremiah was literally every, every time he was, he was giving a warning or, you know, God instructed him to give a warning to Israel, uh, Judah, whatever, whatever he was speaking to, whoever he was speaking to, I said, you could just as easily replace what that nation at that time was with America. Right. So, you know, the idea is, yeah, we still do need that prophetic voice today as we kind of laid it out. That person who is willing to speak into, hey, you know, we're, we're going astray. Um, scripture clearly tells us to love God above all things. But yet we 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 have these idols. Scripture tells us, you know, whatever stands in between us and God, we should hate. Um, and yet today, what we've seen over the last several months has been, you know, ugly politics, you know, uh, racism, selfish responses. And we, we've seen this, this whole bunch of different characteristics that are not scriptural and sometimes it's coming out of the mouth of the church and it's like, Whoa, back up. You know, we got to talk about that. But but, there's a need for that role for sure
0: today. Yeah. And, but Nick, you know, when it's never... It's never a popular message. I mean, it was not for the Old Testament prophets. No. Um, you know, John the Baptist, we'll maybe talk about him in a minute. He had a pretty good response overall, but that was, you know, he had, is- he had some issues too with people. Actually, he lost his head, right. <laughs> um, you know, as well. But um, generally what the prophet has to say isn't something that particularly warms our hearts, <laughs> right? Because the prophetic call is a call to repent. It's a call that it's it's saying you know God has God has spoken God has said this. We've walked in a way that's not been in obedience to the Lord. We've not seen it, and what the prophet is doing is saying, uh, "Look, there's this gap here. Um, we need to see it. We need to repent. We need to turn to change our ways and to go back." uh, to what God's had for us. And that message to repent is never, uh, uh, it's never, you know, one that just warms our hearts again. It's always, it's always a hard one, Nick, and we resist it. Yeah. Right. We resist it. And so right now, well, all the time, um, you know, whenever idols, and that was the old Testament situation, but also, you know, for us now in different and kind of maybe harder to discern ways, um, we've made idols out of of things. We have, we've trusted in the government to try to find the solutions, you know, that, that, uh, God wants us to find in him. We've trusted in our own pursuits. We've trusted in wealth. We've trusted in, you know, trying to make things happen our own way. Uh, and sometimes we've not seen that. Hmm. Um, so anyway, let's, um,
1: yeah, and and, and and again, it's not it's not only the well. I'm not sure how I would interpret the idols in this situation, but what I've seen recently that really gives me pause is this this whole notion of um. You know, whatever it is, like lately it's been political agendas ahead of Christianity. Like, really, I mean, you you I'm, you declare yourself as a Christian, you declare yourself as a follower of Christ but you lash out of every at everybody who doesn't agree with your perspective. And I mean, when I say lash out, you lash out in a really highly negative way. And so you look at that and you go, Whoa, man, who's what's going on there. Is it, is it the person doesn't understand? Is it the church has left you down because we haven't taught it right? Um, But at any rate, as you know, I'll go back and say there is room, there is, there's a need for that prophetic voice because where we have come as a, as a group of churches often acting independently from the capital C church, um, doing our own thing in our own way. Well, sometimes we lose Jesus in that. Yeah. And that has to be called out. And, and you're right. There has to be repentance when that happens.
0: Yeah. I I mean, but the 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 prophets didn't, you know, as you talk about like a special word, mm-hmm. like they didn't have. It wasn't. I mean, yes, it was a word from the Lord, but it could be discerned, and that's the thing. Like and we, when we move into the New Testament, what happened in the first century is that when in an assembly in the body, when when God's people gathered, and a prophet would speak, um, that. What they whatever they shared was was weighed. Um, some people use the term judge, but I, I like the, the term weigh weighing that teaching. Basically, um, thinking about what they said is this? Are they right about uh, uh, about what they're saying? And it can be discerned because God has spoken. We have God's word. Um, we can we can uh, analyze or think about our current situation, um, and it's not like just just mysterious thing to be accepted. It's to be weighed um, have we missed you know collectively have we missed something um, and so for example I was just looking at Jeremiah 2 you know and he's, and he's and he's talking about God's concern about idols so you know when he says um, and let me just I mean there's so much of this but we have so much we want to talk about so um, let me just read what he uh, a few of the verses that he's that he says here Um and it's it's actually good to use the uh, the subject of uh, idolatry in this sense because it's it's so kind of clear cut. You either have an uh, in the, in their world, you either had a, if you had an idol, you had an idol. You can't just say, no, that's just a statue over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, that's um that's Baal. <laughs> You know, that's your Baal statue. You know. But anyway, so this is Jeremiah chapter two and uh, verse. Uh, verse 11 and he, he really kind of digs into him here he says has has a nation ever changed its gods and yet he says yet they are not gods at all right they' they don't they're not real uh, but you're still worshiping them uh, but my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols mm. be appalled at this you heavens and shudder with great horror declares the Lord my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So, Nick, I, I say that to point out that this, this word from the Lord through Jeremiah, his people could assess it. It wasn't just like you choose to accept it on faith or not. Right. He says that God has seen that you're worshiping idols you know, from the law, from the written word of God, you're not supposed to worship idols. And so have you or haven't you? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we have. Okay. So it's not mysterious here, but they've allowed it to creep in. They've allowed it to happen and they've accepted, they've accepted something that displeases God and not seen it, not seen it as a problem, accepted it. And so God has sent the prophet to, to come in and say, there's something here that you've not realized but if you were open your eyes, you can see that it's true, and that it's bad, and that you need to repent. Mm. Right? I mean, we can we can see that here. It's not just like just trust me on faith that I'm right about this. Right. Right. And that and that's you know the people that I know that have this kind of this prophetic voice who are gifted as prophets would say that the foundation is always the Word of God, the written Nick, the revealed Word of God. Right. Not not the mysterious Word of God to me. And so right. we need to kind of, I think we need to clarify that because that's a question and a problem that people have.
1: And, and actually it's even better nowadays. I mean, even from the Old Testament prophets, when Christ, that you know, basically they were acting before Christ. So Christ comes and he lives out what it means to 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 be a, you know, to actually love God and, and act as God within God's will and so forth. So now we have this human model of what it means, right? So whereas in the Old Testament they were still dealing with scripture and 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 you know maybe getting it maybe not getting it whatever now we have something to point to very specifically and so the prophets today would look very different they would point at Christ and say look at his heart you are not you are not living with his heart right and and it would be very clear it wouldn't be like well that's off the wall where did that come from no here's a specific thing love your neighbor right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you're not loving your neighbor in this circumstance or that church isn't loving its neighbor. So therefore they've parted company with scripture. They can't claim that ground. Right. Um, Right. and, And that's part of the prophetic voice today. So I know some people will say, you know, as, as committed believers, we have the Holy spirit in us. We have the counselor in us and therefore all of us are prophets. Well, I'm not so sure that that's entirely true because you still have your unique gifting. Right, I mean, Scripture again speaks to the unique gifting of each of us, Um, and so you know, some are teachers, some are you know uh, uh, shepherds.
0: Yeah. So let's so so let's look at. I mean, this is this is a well-known passage now because it's it's where this conversation tends to go a lot in the church today, Mm -hmm. Um, and in some sense, maybe we could say it's overused. Um, But uh, I'm talking about Ephesians four here, and we have to. You know, we have to do business with it. We also, we, ha- we have to accept that it, it, it at least was true in its time. It was at least true in the first century. Now, what the wrestling match sometimes is, is is, is this, uh, in, in perpetuity, is this something that is going to be the case until Christ returns, or is, that so- is this something for the first century? That's part of the discussion. But Nick, we, we have to accept that this is what Jesus did then. Right after, um, and 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 I'll read it. Just a short. It's just a short section um, here that we can kind of um, the kind of uh, focus in on. And so this is in Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven. It says, "So Christ Himself gave apostles, gave the the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers." Um, But if I just stop right there, Nick, that. That in and of itself says what you just said. That G- Jesus, right, Jesus died, rose again, ascended to heaven, uh, and and it says, and now he he pours out, he pours out the Holy Spirit, but he when he pours out these these giftings, when he calls these people, he calls them differently, right? Right. So we can't we can't just say all I need is, is my Bible and the Holy spirit by myself. We, I, I think we, I mean, when you have these other, other teachings about the, about, you know, it, it, when Paul writes to the church in Corinth about the different gifts, right. And, and, and a huge part of that is that God, Jesus intends us to need each other. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so it, it can't ever, you know, and there is this individualistic kind of, stream of teaching that that's come down to us, you know, Nick, is that really, I don't need you. Oh, I need just me and Jesus. Right. And
1: Dan Dan, scripture is, I mean, obviously this passage is very clear that that's not the case, as is the scripture that refers to uh, the various parts of the body and the importance of the various parts of the body. I mean, again, this is a consistent theme through scripture. It is not about you as an individual, it is about us as a community of believers um, coming together to not selfishly serve ourselves, but to proclaim the gospel and to go out into the world and be the church and be witnesses for Jesus Christ. That's the mission and the goal. In order to accomplish that, we need each other. It's got to be done in community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we're not all gifted the same. And I think one one of the challenges as we talk about ministry is that we've kind of we've kind of created this composite role of pastor who we sometimes kind of expect to be all, all five of these gifts in one sense, right. Or at least, or at least two or three of them um, really good. Uh, And that's pretty, that's pretty tough to, to, you know, rationalize. And and when we talk about, you know, back to Jeremiah where he's basically said, you've turned away from my way and you've made your own way. Mm. And I, and when I hear, um, people today that that I I think I would I would say God's gifted to be prophets or at least they've stepped into that gap because we've 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 not listened to those who have I think I hear people people are saying you know what we've just accepted as being normal about the way of doing church in the world and the way that we we address issues what we've just called the way the way that it's supposed to be isn't always it
1: yeah right I mean, we have parted company from scripture in terms of how the church is, um, uh, constructed and it is, it is a cultural thing, right? It's a, it's a cultural thing that's been around for several generations, but it is absolutely a moment in time, cultural thing. So, um, and, and most recently, one of the things that I, I speak out about a lot, um, is this notion of pastor, as CEO, pastor, of, you know, the right. leader of the church, pastor, all the responsibilities fall on the pastor. I don't know where that model came from but it certainly was not a
0: modeled in script it wasn't modeled in scripture um but scripture, nick we but nick, we, assume, we assume that it is there's all I I think there's all of these things there's all of these lenses that we have for understanding ministry that we bring to the bible and we we assume we assume them to be the case and then we just read like we assume that you know, a church has one pastor or whatever, or, if, or if they're big enough, a few. And so everything that we read about kind of ministry leadership roles, we kind of assume, oh, well, th- these are aspects of being a good pastor. Right. Right. And, and or like, or like you said, we just kind of, we come out of this business mindset that is, is a cultural kind of thing. And we assume that that's, you know, what being a pastor is. And so we don't, I think a big part of the point is, and why I think we need this prophetic Voice, we need prophets in our midst. Is that there's things that we don't see, and, and the way that God gifts prophets, the way that God wires prophets is to see the bigger picture. Hmm. Um, I have a friend that calls it the something. He calls it the thirty thousand foot view or something, or I, f- I forget what number he uses. But it's like <laughs> it's like we see, you know, we we see in the moment, and and you know, Nick, one of the concerns you have right now, and I do as well too, is that. We're only thinking about the concerns of the moment right now, the kind of the logistics that we, we never take that step back. Right. And I think what, what God gifts prophets to do is see the big picture. And, 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 and there's things that I didn't read back in Jeremiah 2 is he goes way back through the whole picture uh, of God bringing his people out of Egypt and kind of the whole dynamic. He sees the history of how they got to where they did the mm. the 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 wandering that's led them to this point and, and Nick sometimes other people with different giftings can't see that right the same way right um, we've we've marginalized certain gifts
1: and in doing so, we're really good right now with the the whole teaching shepherding thing like we're really good at teaching people scripture, teaching people to memorize scripture. but we're not necessarily good at at, at teaching in a practical way. Um, the importance, the framework, the, you know, why is this important? What is the value of this gift? You know, we talked about, you know, in the past where I've said about how I'm not going to sell fire insurance, but I'm going to go out and talk about this precious gift that, that is invaluable. We, we've, we've lost a sense of, of conveying to people how important it is not just to show up on Sunday morning, but literally to commit your life to being a d- disciple of Jesus Christ, to actually live differently, right. to, to model that love of neighbor, to, to give up so much of the selfishness um, that so many Americans have. Like, it's all about me. It's all about my comfort. It's all about, well, no, that's not, that's not the message that Jesus proclaimed at all. It's, it's not right. about your comfort. Um, it's about caring for other people and finding joy and and contentment, knowing farewell that, that you are really loving your neighbor and taking care of people. Um, and I don't mean that necessarily in the, the, uh, the, the, the works or the, you know, the good deeds kind of thing, but that certainly is a part of it. Um, but, but losing the prophetic voice kind of tears away the framework and it, 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 it tears to some degree, the meaning of what you're teaching away. Like, tearing down or marginalizing the apostles takes away from the dynamic nature of the church to continue to go out and, and sort of adapt to society and, and be able to be, you know, um, important like again uh, and be able to speak into
0: all the cultures. So we've lost that, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I think we have Nick. I mean, some of what you and I talk about on this podcast, I think the most is just kind of baseline discipleship stuff. I hmm. mean, that's kind of, you know, the core of feeling like we've kind of missed out on some of that. But you know, we can all be selectively biblical because the Bible addresses all these areas of life and ministry that are, that are important. And you know, maybe one of the reasons why we can say that our perspective is, I'm not saying you and me, but all of us will say, well, my perspective is biblical because we can, we can pull out scripture even in, in good context. We can use scripture correctly that talks about the passions that God's gifted us for. So you know, for example, if 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 you're a shepherd, if God's gifted you to be a shepherd, you're gonna naturally gravitate towards those relational parts of Scripture, right? The the one another's, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 deepening of that of the bo- of the fellowship, right? You're gonna find those genuinely good biblical things. If you're if if God's gifted you as an evangelist, you're gonna you're gonna find the, you're gonna see uh, things the Scripture in terms of of the going out, right, and the reaching out to the lost. Um, but here's the thing, Nick, we all just kind of assume that the way that we think is the way that is normal, right? Right. Everybody else thinks just like we do right now, as we're talking about in our country, in our country, you know, the experiences that I have in my family, in my, in my, you know, racial history and all that, that I assume whatever the case for me is normal. We assume that with our gifts too. Hmm. I think sometimes, Right. right. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you have, and and that's why we need, um, what the Bible calls mutual submission. We need to bring our gifts together and, and say, you know, I have something to offer, but I can't, I don't have the same passion that you have. I don't have the same passion that other people have. And until the church, um, really gets together on the necessity of all of these voices that Jesus has given, and let me just read uh, a little bit more in that mm-hmm. Ephesians um, passage because I think it's it's really important in a couple different ways, right? So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers um, to equip to equip His people for works of service. That's a big piece. You you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Right. That that the point isn't isn't to to minister if you will to to bless people it's to what it's to equip people right but that's something that you know is that how we think about ministry in our churches not most of the time i don't think right i mean we those of us that's our desire a lot of times but the culture again is such that the we kind of, you know, and it's maybe it's overstated sometimes, but the idea of providing, uh, you know, goods and services, so to speak, that, you know, when we come and we share a word that blesses people and they're encouraged by it and then they kind of go on their way. That's a caricature, right? Granted, but it's not always completely just fabricated.
1: Yeah. And, and again, I I've been talking about this and it's important for each one of us too. going back to this notion of when you identify a problem, you should repent. So during the season, when we've seen people expose maybe the anger in their heart, or, you know, I keep going back the fruit of the spirit, not being present, right? The opposite of the fruit of the spirit. When you see that you know, especially from a shepherd's point of view, you got to acknowledge that. Like you have to say something is wrong in this flock and it's my responsibility to heal that. They're not clean enough. They're not eating properly, whatever it is, you know, from the shepherd perspective, but you know, this season has revealed a lot about people's hearts. And, and as the church, man, you've got to step into your gifting and understand your role is to raise people up into the ministry, you know, so that they can go out into the army and serve side by side using their gifts and talents. And I think too often, you know, even, man, we hate to admit it, but we've created this situation where people can comfortably come and sit on Sunday mornings, never grow into their gifting and never really put themselves on the line for the good of the kingdom, right? I mean, and yeah. And you know Dan, I keep going back and one of the biggest uh concerns I have is if I ever mislead somebody to think the gospel is something other than what it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so you know there's nothing more that I would want to repent of is if I've left somebody with the wrong impression like, oh, just say this prayer and you're good to go or just come and sit in the pew on Sunday morning and you're good to go if, right. if I, if I ever you know allow that lie to live, then I want to repent of that. Yeah. Right. And so, and and too much of the church is in that place where, you know, we're we're comfortable to have them be Or, you know, at some point we've lost maybe the uh the edge of I know people are going to be in my face when I preach this hard message, but you know I hope you preach it anyway. Right. You got to preach it. I mean, you can't, you can't back off. You got, you've got to be sincere. You've got to be true. You know, we love as Christians to talk about the truth of the gospel. The truth doesn't change the truth, the truth, the truth. Are we preaching the truth? Yeah. Are we preaching all of the truth? Because, you know, you can be angry at a governor or a president, but the minute you disrespect them and, and, you know, in some way call them other than child of God, you are parting company and you have a reason to repent. Yeah. And that has well, nothing to do with whether you agree with them or not agree with them, or yeah. you know, they may be the most capable or the least capable, but the bottom line is they are a child of God. Right. And so
0: we're called to love. And that's what the prophet, the prophet, I think from what I can understand, wants is not just for us to see mm. and acknowledge where we've gone right. wrong, but to repent, to change our mind, to change our direction. And as, as John the Baptist said, uh, keep, uh bear fruit in keeping with repentance right so like we right. can we can say yeah i know it's not about the pastor it's about everybody but keep on doing the same thing we can say yeah i know it's not about sunday morning it's about the whole week but not do anything differently and i think that that misses the point you know as as well and it's really mm. sometimes when the voice of the prophet pushes us to kind of say you're not living it mm right? You could just, even just seeing that, okay, maybe we, we're not where we're supposed to be. Um, but it's really that bearing, fr- bearing fruit and keeping with, with repentance. If it's just, you know, if they just say, you know, if they sit back and old to, well, yeah, okay. These idols aren't so good. Um, well, uh, we'll worship them less, you know, <laughs> we'll only worship them on special holidays, not every day. Right. You know? like, that's not the point, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that's, I think that's, that's, that's a part of it too, but here's the cost. And Nick, here's the, here's the question f- for me as we process this. And even maybe for some people, if they have questions like, uh, about, you know, profits today, like, um, I'm not sure, like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe today, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. Um, and sometimes Nick, if we're not sure, we say, well, it's just safer to keep doing it the way we've been doing it. Hmm. Right. Let's not take the risk of, uh, of saying that maybe there's still prophets today, because if we're wrong, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to go, um, in, in, in that direction. And here's the thing back in the old Testament, the pro as we talked about the kind of future aspect, uh, a lot of times that future aspect was the, here's what's going on. Here's where you've strayed from God's revealed word. Here's what's going to happen if you don't repent.
1: Hmm.
0: Right. Right. It's what's gonna happen if you don't repent. God's gonna, God's not just gonna let it go, right? right? That's why we have the exile, right? We have God says God's gonna, God's gonna get his way with his people, and if you don't repent, he's gonna, um, you know, something's gonna happen. But here's part of it in this Ephesians four passage, um, Nick. Uh, so we're, we're back there in verse twelve, right? To to equip uh, his people for works of service, so that. The body of Christ may be built up. Hmm. So if, if Jesus has given all of these folks for the body to be built up and equipped, if that's like we're granting for the sake of the argument that that's the case, right? If he's given prophets to equip the body to see that gap, to repent, to live in, not just to listen to them, Nick, but for us to learn to see that too. Right. Right. To equip us. Right. Um, for, to build us up, then if he has given profits for that, if we've said no to profits, well, then we've, we've rejected that equipping of ourselves, the whole body. We've, we've rejected the, the building up of that, of that piece, um, of it. And, uh, and that, and to, to kind of complete the thought until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Right. So Christ has all these characteristics himself. And he said, I'm not just, I'm not giving all my, my gifts to everybody, but I'm giving some gifts to somebody, some gifts to somebody else so that you need each other. Like Paul says with the, with the body analogy, right? The hand and the foot and the eye and all that. He's saying, I want you to need each other. I want you to equip each other. And it's only when all five of these are acknowledged, respected, listened to, mutually submitted to, that the body is going to be mature. Yeah. And if you and if you and if you take one, two, three, all of them and discount them, the body is never. If it if this is correct, if this is still going on, I think that it is then the body is never going to be the mature complete that it should be. All right, I've been talking yeah, a lot. What do you think you
1: know, Yeah, I mean we So I know I know I, like you said, I you know, if this is still going on, I think it is. Well, look, there's a reality here. You can look at an organization that has the gifts of uh, the five gifts, right? The five pole gifts. Mm-hmm. outside of scripture, if you take those away, if you take three of those away and it's just a teaching organization, we can find organizations in the country that are really good at teaching and and fail at everything else. I mean, there, I, well, how am I trying to say this? Look, there's, there's that concept of does, does God still give that gifting? Well, yeah, of course he does because all those things are necessary for the church to be an organization, to move forward, to present the gospel forward. Those are critical quality traits. Of an organization to be successful, so I get it. There's that spiritual realm discussion about are these gifts still there, and I, why people speculate that on that. I have no idea. I don't. Others do. They have good reason to do that. They they have questions that they want to raise in their mind. It might come down to this whole notion of you know capital P small p capital A small A. I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, it just makes sense that these gifts, these these abilities, are at the table. I would want those abilities at the table if I was still back at the trade association, or if I was still at the county. Like I would want that 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 you know those people sitting at the table, helping to build strategy. How do we do what we are called to do? We are called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. We are called to make disciples. The best way to do that is when we all come together and we share and we construct a strategy that makes sense. With different people thinking different ways, bringing different experiences to the table.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Nick. I mean, I've just I've long dreamed for, and I think we're probably I don't know we still have enough resistance, but I think we're closer than ever that having teams of people that have these different gifts that are that are together and can share, you know, back and forth. It's so. Um, I, I I just I, I I see enough of the of the of the vision of what that could look like together, sure. and. and I just, it, it makes me sad that we, we, uh, we still aren't, you know, we still aren't. So, doing that,
1: like, I want to say, say something. I mean, I know we're closing in on 40 minutes and that. Yeah, we're gonna close up soon. So, but I want to say for those that are listening to this podcast, if you're able join us on Tuesday at two o'clock following this, um, because I guarantee you, with with this conversation, people are going to have questions. People are going to. This is a topic that's really good to dig into, um, and get a better understanding of it. And there's a, this is an important issue. Like I, I personally believe that one of the reasons the the Christian Church in America, and again, small C, not capital, small C Church in America, Church is why they're failing, why they're anemic, why they're not growing like the ax Church did. I think this is at the core of it right here. I really believe that we've basically tied our hands behind our backs by, by marginalizing some of these gifts and not respecting them. Um, Great. And, and we've, we've got to, we've got to repent for that because that means we are not reaching out as much as we could. We are not, you know, fulfilling our role at, to the best of our ability. And quite honestly, there's nothing more important. You know, I keep coming back to that. This is the infinite game right? This is eternity. This is God. This is the relationship and communion with God. This is forever. This isn't, oh my goodness, do I have to wear a mask today or don't I? I it, it's so trivial compared to forever. And yeah. so these are the types of issues we really have to get right. And they're, yeah, are they confusing? Sure they are. We've made them confusing. <laughs> Scripture doesn't
0: make them confusing. We've made them confusing yeah. in our culture. Yeah. I th- I think, you know, Nick, the, the, the biggest Risk for us is that we're so we're so used to doing things the way that we've always done them so it's always meaning in our lifetime or for sometimes for a couple of generations um and we we can see that they're not bearing fruit and we have the you know the the definition of insanity is the, the, some people have said you know is, is doing the same thing again and again expecting different results somehow we kind of have in our minds that if we just do it a little bit better right if we just do the same thing that We've always done, but if we just do it a little bit better, then we'll, then we'll we'll be good. And Nick, I I really believe that we need we need paradigm shifts. We need to think mm. different differently about the whole picture. And I think when we come back to the New Test back to the whole of the Bible, particularly the New Testament, if we'll take our blinders off or try to, we'll see that the vision there is a little bit different than the way that we've thought about it. Mm. Um, yep. And And we're, you know, we we do need to wrap up, Nick, but please people, folks, friends, um, jump into this conversation. If you can't join us on Tuesday, uh, leave us a comment ahead of time. Uh, But if you, if you are available at two o'clock on Tuesday, please join us for this discussion. This is one that's going to, it already has Nick in your Facebook thread, had more pushback and give and take, but people are talking about it in a constructive way. Um, and, and, and I, and I love that uh, very, very much. And so uh, I, what I really want to particularly ask to people is to our friends here that are listening along is if you still have, you know, a tremendous amount of, of resistance to the idea of not somebody with a title of profit. Okay. That's not what we're talking about, Right. but God gifting people in this way that they primarily see. This this gap between what God's called us to and and where we're at, and the and this call to 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 repent, right? This this call to see and do things differently. Um, if if you're if you're just really hesitant to that, try to if you can put your finger on what's the primary thing. Mm-hmm. Is it is it a particular passage of scripture? Is it an idea? Is it maybe a way that you've seen? Uh, you've seen this idea abused because that can, that can hurt us too, Nick, you
1: know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, So please folks join the discussion. We're going to wrap up for today. Um, We'll talk more on Tuesday and maybe we'll talk more in the next episode as well. We'll kind of see how the discussion goes, but we love you guys and have a great day.
1: Thanks. Take care, everybody.